But we've been on a, a really great series. Like this series, the great hymns of faith. You know, just getting to the grassroots and the background and the history of these hymns over the last several weeks and just, uh, just seeing the, the biblical truths of what these hymns hold. That these hymns for generations, for generations have been handed down. And so we've just been able to, I guess, reignite the true meaning of these hymns. And so it's a blessing to do that. In week one, we had amazing grace, amazing grace, that we were reminded of the amazing, unmerited, free grace of God, that we don't have to work for it, but if we can just open up our our hands freely to the free gift of God, that we receive His grace. Great is thy faithfulness. A reminder of God's character, who He is, that He is faithful in and out of season, that He is faithful to God's people. What a friend we have in Jesus. I love this hymn because it helps us to understand that God didn't call us to carry our burdens, but to cast them upon Him. That the hymn reminds us to bring our prayers to God and He will be faithful. He will carry our burdens if we trust Him. But today's message, today's message is, is exploring the, the unpredictable things that happen in life. That, that we sing this song, it is well, it is well with my soul. And I can be honest with you, man, and I tell you what, I feel like I'm with family. I'm just going to share a little. Man, I don't feel like it is well. I don't always feel like it is well with my soul. I don't feel like, you know, holding on to that and understanding that. But I tell you what, with life's joys and its unpredictable blessings and the sorrows and the tragedies that can come upon us so quickly, we can find ourselves getting unhinged. But the question is, how do we deal with tragedy when it comes into our world? How do we deal with the pain when it, when it catches us unaware? What I know is this. I don't always feel it, but when I hold on to God's promises, I know it. And I can sing those songs with, I can sing those words with confidence because I'm not going to allow myself to be overcome by God's, by by life's tragedies, but by God's promises. By God's promises. That our dreams and plans, they can change in an instant, but we can know this, we can hold on to this, that we can find peace amongst the tragedy. Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford was the author of this hymn, if you didn't know. And he was a successful lawyer in Chicago, Illinois. He was also a a, a wealthy property investor. So he had uh, investment properties all through Chicago. He was married to Anna. They had five children, a boy and four daughters. And in in 1870, their son became unwell he, uh, he got pneumonia and he passed away. You know, that alone, you know, I don't even want to think about that. I can't even think about losing a child. It's just, it, to me personally, it would be very overwhelming. But in that same year, the great fires of Chicago swept through that state and actually took out all of his property holdings. So all of their financial property investments, they were wiped out, they'd lost their son, and they were dealing with a lot of grief and pain. You know, a short time after, to regain themselves, to go on, a, they organized themselves to go on a family holiday to Europe. 
And so they uh, organized themselves to go over there as a family. And so Horatio had some pressing um, work commitments. And so he held back in Chicago. He sent his wife and his four daughters on the ship to sail over to Europe. And on the way, their ship struck another vessel. And the, the, the ship actually sunk, and over 200 people uh, died that day. And amongst those 200 people were Horatio's four daughters. His wife survived on some wreckage. She was picked up by a passing vessel, took her to a neighboring uh, city, and she was able to send a telegram to her husband, saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio receives this telegram. He gets over there as fast as he could. And on the, the ship, while he is uh, sailing to Europe to meet with his grieving wife, the captain of the ship invites him to the bow. And while they're over the body of water where they believe that the, uh, the boat had sunk, he said, look, this is where your, your daughter is drowned. And it was actually in that place that uh, it's to believe that Horatio penned these lyrics that when peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea bellows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Man, knowing the background of these words, man, you have to ask yourself, how can anybody reflect on the goodness of God in a time like that? Perhaps we can't always say that everything is well in all aspects of our lives. There will always be storms to face. Sometimes there will be tragedies. But with a faith in a loving God and with trust in His divine help, we can confidently say, it is well, it is well with my soul. In Psalms 34.18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those that are crushed in spirit. Come on. Horatio knew something about who God was that he understood the promises of God. And that is why in the midst of his pain, in the middle of his pain, and I want to declare today, in the middle of your pain, God is still present. That he is near. That he is wanting to overwhelm you with his love and his peace. So the key to a steadfast hope in God in all circumstances. How can anybody have that? How did Horatio find that? Well, I believe that he found it in Proverbs 4.23. He says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. In other words, to guard your heart. Horatio had a moment where he could have been overwhelmed by tragedy, but he chose to hold on to God's promises, that he didn't allow his situation to steal his peace, but he chose to trust God, that he guarded his heart. Why is it important to guard our heart? Well, a healthy heart or a healthy spirit has a right perspective. That when tragedy and pain does come into our world, that we actually view it through the lens of faith, not one of depletion and hurt. Right thinking that when we're going through tragedy, when we're going through the valley of life, that we're actually not thinking and pondering where we're at, but where God can take us. And right actions. Having a healthy heart helps us to have right actions, to take the right steps. And so my question to you today is this. How's the condition of your heart? How's the condition of your spirit right now? Are you holding on to the, the promises of God? Or are you being overwhelmed by life's tragedies? 
See, the concept of guarding our heart, we learn this from this proverb, is that we are reminded of all the things that can try to come against us. That guarding our heart means to being wise and discerning of our lives. Guarding our heart means protecting ourselves as Christians, as believers, those that trust Jesus from all the things that might come to harm us. You know, every day we're overcome by temptation. Every day we're presented with obstacles, but it's how we choose to view them. You know, are we going to be distracted by these things that happen? Because we need to understand that our heart, our spirit, it's fragile. It's precious. And so we need to be on guard, that we need to be open to who God is and what he can do. And so what do we do? What, what are some of the things that we can do today? And so I just want to give you a few things that can bless us, to help us guard our heart and to maintain a steadfast hope in God. And the very first thing is this, is to let go of things we can't control. I know. For all the controlling people in the room, it's like I took my nails and I took them to a chalkboard. It's like very hard to swallow when you hear the words, let go. Let go. Maybe think about the last time that you try to control something. What's the last thing you you try to control? Maybe it was a situation at work or maybe a wayward child, a teenager. Wow, come on, they're fun. Maybe it was hunger pains. When's the last time you try to control your hunger pains? Last time you were fasting, trusting God. How'd that go? How'd that go for you? See, a couple of, uh, actually at the end of last year, our family experienced something we've never experienced ever. It is something that, that caught us so unaware, so crazy. But we were at home. It was late at night and uh, the kids had gone to bed. My wife had already gone to bed. And so I got myself ready to... Um, in my, my gown, my dressing gown and my bed socks, had my snacks, and I was ready to, to just press into God. And while I turned on episode, um, season four of MacGyver, I, um, if you ever want to be inspired, man, you've got to watch MacGyver. You know what I mean? This guy saves the world. You know, the, the, literally, the bomb's about to go off, and he's got a Swiss Army knife, a bit of string, some bubble gum, and it's just awesome, okay? So, anyway, so I was settled in, had my snacks, Doritos, peanut M&Ms, ready to go. I've sat down. And I hear what's, what sounded like an engine roaring in, in really close. So I got up and I was like, man, that is really, really close to me. So I went to the window and as I opened the window, I looked down. I could see our family car was diagonal. Our family car was getting stolen out of our driveway. And so I, I, I just remember running as fast as these little Greek legs could take me. And so I'm running outside, open up the door. I'm shouting songs of praises to these... <laughs> People, and as I'm running down the driveway, the car, the car literally it just hit everything that could. All our cars got smashed. The, the front door of our family car got ripped off. And I just, the car just drove down the street. And I just remember just going far out. What just happened? I run inside. I, uh, Nick's just like, what's going on? I said, our car's been stolen. You've got to call the cops. They come around. And as they sit there, we're giving our statement. They said, okay, cool. We did that, and then the next day I rang our insurers, and um, they asked us that, that golden question, was there any signs of a break-in? And sadly, no. Why? Because we'd left the keys in the car. I know, right? And so we went through this first assessor, and they listened to all our questions. They said, look, the likelihood of us actually uh, approving your claim is not looking great, I said, no worries. Anyway, we end up getting a second assessor. We get a third assessor. Uh, I can't tell you why, but 
Yui, they, they were just sort of asking heaps of questions, going through all fraud people, all this stuff. And we were just honest and open about what happened. And so uh, they, we got to this last assessment. We told the story and they said, look, we get it. It's COVID. You've got a ton of kids. Life's hectic. Um, I can see that this wasn't on purpose. And um, look, we're going we're to uh, give you your claim. Praise God, right? Like that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. But I just remember being in the middle of this situation going, how frustrated I was. I mean, I was just getting into season four. and MacGyver was getting good, right? And I just, God, I can't control this situation. So I just hand it over to you. We were honest, okay? The keys left in the car with a box of roses and a note saying, good luck. No, it didn't happen. We did not do that. If Yui's listening, I want them to know we did not do that. But I just remember trusting God, praying and handing that situation over to him. And in return, we were blessed. It says here in Colossians 3, 23 to 24, work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Jesus. Come on, we need to, if we're going to, you know, let go of things we can't control, come on, we need to trust God, do our best and let God do the rest. See, tragedy is a funny thing. When we allow tragedy to overwhelm us, man, it doesn't make us better. It actually makes us bitter. That actually closes us off to what God is and who He is and what He can do in our lives. I think about Horatio Spafford, this guy that was presented with incredible tragedy, unexpected sorrow, but he chose to remain open-handed to God, that he chose to keep his heart open to who He is and what He can do. And because of it, we have this incredible hymn of faith. It is well with my soul. We need to guard our heart from tragedy. Come on, we can't close ourselves off to who God is. You know, I mean, you might be in a situation right now where you're going through tragedy or pain. Maybe there's a situation that is filled with anxiety and frustration. I want to give you something really, really practical. I want you to get a blank bit of paper. I want you to look at that situation. I want you to write about, write everything about that situation. And then I want you to get another a marker, another pen, different color. And I want you to look at every single one of those things. I want you to cross out everything you can't control. I promise you there won't be many things left on the list. Not many things at all. We need to trust God. If we allow pain and tragedy to, to consume our hearts, we deny ourselves of God's peace within our soul. I think about the Israelites when they were in bondage and slavery under Pharaoh. And under the instructions, Moses goes to his people and he demands them to be set free, that he trusted God with the impossible. And so out of that situation, the Israelites, they're released out under Pharaoh's care and they are going out to the wilderness. They had just received a miracle. They had been set free. But this is one thing they didn't do. They couldn't let go. They couldn't let go that every obstacle, every adversity, every frustration, they chose to not trust God, but to condemn Him. That they cursed God and Moses. And because of it, they didn't receive the blessings of God. That they denied themselves of the promised land. They weren't able to go in because of why? They couldn't let go. So what, what can we control? What can we control? Well, it says here in Proverbs 4.25, it says, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. 
Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the, on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So what can we do? We can focus. We can focus on God. That if we're going to guard our hearts, we can focus on who He is and what He can do. Choose to trust God over control. Why? Because He's got a better plan. He's got a better plan. So let's continue to trust God. Let go of things we can't control, which releases our focus and what we can control. We can guard our hearts. Amen? Second, keep your faith larger than your fears. Keep your faith larger than your fears. In James 4.8, in the Passion Translation, it says this, move your heart closer and closer to God and He will come even closer to you. In other translations, to draw near. See, I love coming, coming to Liverpool. You know why? Because there's so many tall people. So many strong looking people. I feel like I'm with family. And so me being as short as I am, I just feel a little bit safer drawing closer to someone that's just a little bit bigger than me. Most of my friends, tall people. Why? Because I know if I get in a fight, I know what, I'm, I'm in good hands. I'm okay. So I just keep making friends with tall people. Hey, just practically though, draw near. What does it mean simply to approach or to get close to something? See, when faced with tragedy, what are you drawing near to? When you're in pain or you're in a frustration, frustrating situation or you're filled with anxiety, what are you drawing near to? Whatever that is, is drawing close to you. And what you're drawing close to is either going to help you, draw, you know, um, be fueled by faith or be filled by fear. And so we need to be careful on what we do. Why? It's because our proximity to God leads to a greatest awareness of who God is. Man, I tell you what, I am so filled with faith when I start to think about who God is, that my confidence rises because I've got a God that every day is thinking about me, that every hour He cares for me, every minute he is, His promises overflow towards me, and yes, every second He loves me. So as Christians, those that have been, been saved by grace, man, we are invited to confidently and boldly come into the throne room of God, that we've got a God that loves us, plan, He's got strength, mercy, man, all the gifts of heaven are poured out on you. So why don't we just keep going to God? Fill ourselves with who He is, that let our faith be bigger than our fears. In Jesus' name. So let's guard our hearts by keeping our faith larger than our fears by drawing close to Him. Number three, never let your thoughts go unanswered. Never let your thoughts go unanswered. This helps us to guard our hearts. I think sometimes about thoughts. Thoughts are a bit like a toddler. You take your eyes off them for a second, they disappear. They disappear in a second. I took my... My man cub, my youngest, Israel, to uh, shopping one day. We were just hanging out, having a mandate. And uh, we're in Myers. And I remember just walking around a, uh, a clothes rack. And uh, as I come about, he'd literally disappeared in Myers. And so like any dad would, I, uh, I just got my crazy on. I'm running around Myers. I'm shouting out, hey, Israel, where are you? Dad still loves you. And so, uh, and so I'm just running around, crazy person. And I hear over the microphone, 
Can the, can the parent of Israel Bobby Gardner please come to cosmetics? And so I run over to cosmetics. He runs to me. I run to him. We hug it out. There's two women there. And one's looking at me like, this is a beautiful moment. There's reconciliation. This is a prodigal son thing. And then the other one is just literally looking at me like daggers, like, you're a bad dad. <laughs> you're a bad dad. But our thoughts, they're like toddlers, man. We can't take our eyes off them. So we need to recognize that negative thinking patterns They can destroy our lives. But we need to reply to them with Christ-centered truths. So my question to you today is this. How's your thought life? What are you thinking about? What are you being consumed by? See, the mind, the spirit, the body, they're interconnected. Your thoughts affect your words, which affect your heart, your spirit, prosperity, joy, peace, and every other part of your life. What's in the, what's inside matters because what you're thinking about, it's either going to bring health or it's going to bring destruction to your life. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 10.5, it helps us to deal with these negative thoughts. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God, us having a personal relationship with Him, His promises coming into our world. We capture these, the, um, their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We need to bring every thought into captivity beginning focusing on what we're thinking about. If we take our thoughts and we're not intentional about them, they can wander off. They can get away from us. How do we capture these thoughts? Well, we, ca- we cast them down. We resist them. You answer them. You never let a thought go unanswered. Instead, you say, I'm not taking that thought. See, the reason I brought, I have the Word of God and the reason we, we should be everywhere we go, have the Word of God with us, not just in the physical sense, but in our hearts, is because every thought that wanders off and every thought that comes into our world, we catch it, we capture it, and we put it through a filter. We put it through the truth filter. We put it through the Word of God, and we analyze, and we, and we look at that thought, And we go, is this from God? How do we know it's from God? Well, it's in here. Because it's something that's going to build us. It's something that's going to fuel our faith. It's something that's going to bring joy into our world. It's something that's going to bring conviction and strength and guidance. But if it's not doing one of those things, it's not from God. And so you cast it down. But you never leave a thought unanswered. You answer it. You put it where it belongs. You either put it, you either hold on to it and you trust it and you filter it through the Word of God or you throw it in the trash bin. You tell it where to go. I don't like you anymore. Nick off. You ever done that to a thought? You ever caught it? Just, 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 I know it's a crazy exercise. Don't do it in public because they'll lock you up. But have you ever just been literally in a situation where it's like you've just had a negative thought come into your world? So you're not good enough. You're never going to achieve that. You're never going to break that addiction. You're never going to find the one. If you're going to find the one, join, take a next step, join a team, get into a serving group, join a life group. That will help you out. We'll sort you out, all right? We'll sort you. <laughs> but man, when I tell you what, sometimes those thoughts come flooding in. Just because I'm a pastor, do I not have negative thoughts? Man, I have a thousand negative thoughts, but I trust the Word of God and I go, this is not from you. And I cast it down. Come on, give God some praise. Because I know that there's people in this room today, man, you've been consumed by so many thoughts in your life that every time you take a next step, it's like, man, it's just you are filled with fear. Today's your day. Come on, God's going to set you free. Joshua 1.8, it says this. It says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it 
in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will be you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success come on fill yourself with the word of god allow your thoughts to be filtered by who god is if we're going to guard our hearts we need to be aware of our thoughts in jesus name amen so when we think about this song when we think about the words of this song we need to understand that when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I can say that confidently because I know who my God is, that I'm going to choose to guard my heart, that I'm not going to be consumed or overwhelmed by tragedy, but I'm going to continue to declare the promises of God. I know this is a crazy word. I know that everybody's been affected in this season. But if we need to, in order for us to maintain a steadfast hope in God, we need to guard our hearts. How do we do that? We let go of things we can't control. We keep our faith larger than our fears. And we never let a thought go unanswered.